0: an anchor we have. Phil knows what that means. He's lost his father, I believe, and his sister here of recent months, and uh, he's gone through it, but his Savior's been faithful. Amen. Before I uh, get into the message, uh, the story goes something like this king, he had some servants, and he brought this one in, and the king said, listen, you owe me thousands and thousands of dollars. And I want you to pay up. And uh, if you don't pay up, you're going to the tormentors prison. And the fellow said, my Lord, and he falls on his face. He says, I just don't have that kind of money. Uh, I, I, I worship you, but I, I have mercy on me. And the guy's broken. Well this moved the king's heart. The king's heart looked down at him and said, "Because of your humbleness and how you view me, I forgive the whole debt. You can go free." And so the fellow left. Now this forgiven servant, he goes home and he looks at his books and this fellow comes in that owed him something like $20. And he said, you owe me $20, and you need to pay up. And this fellow says, Lord, I don't have the money. And he fell on his face, and he began to beg for mercy. Whereas this forgiven servant reaches down, picks him up, grabs him by the throat, the Bible says, and says, you pay up, and I'm putting you in prison to the tormentors until you do pay up, and threw him in prison. Well, the king who had forgiven this guy, he heard about it and it made him upset. So he calls the, back, the guy back. And he says, listen, did you not see what I did for you? And then you don't have the gall to turn around and forgive somebody else for something this, this amount, this least amount? He said, because of that, you're going to have to pay the penalty." because the first guy forgive, but that second guy wouldn't forgive. Now, I just told the story so we wouldn't have to read all the verses. But the beginning of the story goes like this, Matthew 18, 21 and 22, the context. Then came Peter to him and said, "'Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, "'and I forgive him till seven times?' "'Jesus saith unto him, "'I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven, you just keep forgiving. And then at the end of that story I just told, and his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses." In other words, speaking to the Pharisees and speaking to the little flock, the Lord says, I want you to be a great forgiver. And you know, Paul talks about this too. And I'll be with that. The title of my message this morning is Forgiveness, We Can Do This. Say that with me. Forgiveness, We Can Do This, that's for sure. Just as sin separates people from God, sin separates people from people. (laughs) I, as the pastor over the years, I've seen this happen among many, many believers. A lot of people have been hurt in life, they've been talked about, taken advantage of, have an ex-spouse who's a nightmare, (laughs) abusive parent or spouse, someone in business or saying things about you. At school, you've been bullied. You've had a conflict with somebody in the church. You've had a family dispute that's caused division within the family, lost a job promotion. You've been offended for some reason, and there there are many ways. And our natural instinct, by the way, is we want revenge. Uh, We hold that grudge. We hold on to bitter feelings. But but when I do that, what am I doing? What I'm doing is I'm putting myself in a prison. And I'm giving that person who offended me the key (laughs) to my life. Here I am, they've hurt me. And now, because of what it's doing to me inside, I'm giving them the right, the permission to run my happiness and perhaps the potential in my life. You see, the key to this prison, being in it because you've been offended, the key to unlock the prison door and be set free is forgiveness. That's the key to life, I think, in a lot of ways. You might say, forgive? You don't know what I've been through because of what they've done to me. You don't know what my mom, my dad, my family member, my mate, my friends, what my business did. I can't let them off that easy. I want them to suffer and have some pain. I want them to feel what I felt when they offended me. So what I'll do is I'll just avoid them. I just won't talk to them. And when I talk to other people, I'll talk about them in a bad light. Huh. You know, Proverbs 13:10 says, <clears throat> "Only by pride cometh contention." If there's a friction between people pride is involved somewhere. And the problem with pride is it causes us to rationalize the fact that we don't want to, since we've been offended and hurt, we don't want to make ourselves vulnerable again so that we don't experience pain again. And so we just say, flip on them. But what Does it mean to forgive? Well, biblically, it means to promise to stop resenting the other person or persons. It's not holding a grudge, hoping that they get hurt in a vindictive way. It's giving up any thought of revenge. Forgiveness is saying it's over, the offense is dismissed. And I'm not going to any longer avoid them. You know, as pastor, throughout the years, I'm sure that I've offended people. And uh, I know that because I've had people come to me and say, you offended me. (laughs) (laughs) But I've been hurt a lot of times. And I always... If there's anything I've done correctly as a pastor, I've always, always have tried to be forgiving. And when I see those people out, I don't avoid them. I go right up to them and say, how you doing? You know, and you talk to them and you just show them that uh, there's no issue with you concerning them. And sometimes that kind of loving forgiveness takes that thorn out of their heart and they begin to relate once again to you. You know what I'm talking about. You read the Bible, there are 106 references to some type of form of forgiveness in the Bible. I've given a little list that I liked so well. I looked up these words. Forgiveness means delivered, to let go of, you know, To let it go. It means departed. To send the offense away. It's no longer present. To disregard. That means to uh, don't pay attention to it. You just dismiss it. It means to be discharged. They no longer have any debt to pay in your eyes. You release them. It means discussionless. We're not going to talk about them or it any longer. Discussion no longer. Now, understand, when we forgive, that is an act of obedience to Almighty God because God commands us to be forgiving people. And I'll show you where Paul says that in just a minute. But it's us in faith, in God, knowing He knows what's best for our life. You have to have that faith in God. He knows what's best. As God was speaking to Israel, he said this in Isaiah 55. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's way ahead of us. You understand that? (laughs) He's greater than us. And he knows what is best. He knows what forgiveness will do for us. He knows what's best. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. So God does know better. Now, when we do forgive, it's our act of love for what God has done for us. When we forgive, that's the believer's act for what God has done for us. You know, the Godhead was involved in our salvation. The Father in ages past, before the world began. Purpose planned the way of salvation for us. He sent his only begotten son. The son came, lived, died on a cross for our sins, was buried, rose again. He's ascended on high. Now he's on the right hand of the father. But God didn't leave us alone. He sent the spirit of God down to indwell us, to share with people this great news. And let me just say this. When God forgives us, we that are saved, we're assured in his word some things. God doesn't review our forgiven sins ever again. Why would he? They're gone. They're forgiven. He'll never bring them up for review. Something else, God's forgiveness is so complete that he doesn't ever bring them up to be considered. Never. God will never seek any more satisfaction for our sin because he's satisfied with his son's one sacrifice. He was completely satisfied, propitiation, completely satisfied with what Christ accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. Man doesn't need to do one thing. My son's done it all. Something else, God will never punish what he's already punished. And Jesus Christ stood in our place, took our sin, punished for our sin. Boy, that's wonderful. If you ever stop and just think about that, he did that for me, he did that for you. He stood in our place. And when we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, all our sins were totally forever forgiven. As I said a minute ago, when we believed in the gospel, our sins were delivered, departed, disregarded, discharged, and are forever discussionless. Amen? Amen. And as I study the Word of God, I find out we've been freely forgiven. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ alone. That's what it takes to be saved. And then we've been fully forgiven, totally, completely, past sin, present sin, future sin, completely. We've been everlastingly forgiven. Our forgiveness is eternal. Thus, we are sealed and secured for all eternity. It's, we've been irreversibly forgiven. This forgiveness can never, ever be altered. It can never, ever be changed. It stays forever. And we've been personally forgiven. I can look at the scriptures and say all my sin, and you can say the same thing, all your sin has been removed. I know I'm going to heaven. Philippians 1, 6 says this here. Philippians 1 says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He promises he's going to finish what he started. to whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. That means from start to finish, it's a done deal in the eyes of God. Amen? But the lost person, the lost person, Notice what it says in Romans about them. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, now notice, treasure us up against thyself, wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Do you know being a lost person, you have to stand before God one day and account for every one of those sins you've ever committed? Huh? but the believer justified because one day God called us. Boy, I'm so grateful for that. Now, how we understand the significance, the depth, the love of the cross, that will determine how I forgive. Let me say that again. Understanding the depth, the love of the cross, getting a hold of me, that will determine how I will forgive. Will I forgive little or will I forgive much? And if we cannot forgive that other person, that reveals that I only understand a little bit about the significance of the cross of Jesus Christ. I have not understood how sinful we were and how much he suffered for me. We haven't understood where we were for what he would do, what he did, amen? It's only when you get a hold of God and how much of a sinner you were and how great love he demonstrated by going to the cross will I ever get a hold of my responsibility to forgive people like he forgave me. Amen? But to forgive is our releasing of the offender. And even more, it's allowing me to get out of that prison myself. title of my message is we can do this because I know God's grace can enable us to do this if we in faith will ask and trust in his grace. His grace is available for us. Hebrews 12, 15 says this, Looking diligently, lest any man fail, he lacks of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Don't fail of the grace of God. It's there. Then he says in Romans 12, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. It's not our responsibility to get the offender. If God wants to do anything, he'll do it. And then he says in Colossians, Therefore, or, I'm sorry, the same verses, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil. What? It's good to forgive. Colossians 3, 13, Forbearing one another, Paul says, and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. We can do this, people. Amen? God's not minimizing the hurt one experiences, the pain, the suffering. God's not even asking the the believer to forget what's happening. But he is asking you to forgive them, to end it. And when I do that, That's when I experience relief, freedom, and the best God has for me. You know, we can do this because I know what the Bible says that we are to do and the reason, the moldy basis, but also others have done it. I think of Abraham. Lot wronged him, but Abraham later on delivered him. Joseph. His brothers sold him into slavery of all things, but later he delivers them, saves them, and meets their needs. Moses, he was turned on by his brother and sister, Aaron and Marion. But later on, he healed them. David, he was hunted down by King Saul, King Saul wanting to kill him. Yet later... David spared King Saul's life. Stephen, even in the midst of being stoned to death, he looks at him and he looks up to heaven and he says, Father, forgive them. We can do this, people. But if not, if we have unforgiveness, that will affect our family, our friends, and ourselves Emotionally, I promise you. And when we're unforgiving, Satan knowing this, thus he has opportunity to get involved in our life. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, For your sakes forgave I it, now get this, in the person of Christ. Talking about forgiveness. And because if there's no forgiveness, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. If there's not forgiveness, that gives him that opportunity to come along and try to make things worse. And he's great at doing that. You know, when you have forgiveness, you have a clear conscience. You can walk right up to the per- person with a clear conscience. Paul said this in Acts 24, 16. And <clears throat> herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. And only forgiveness gives me the ability to have a clear conscience. Now, I'm coming down the stretch. There's a man. He's jogging with his Doberman dog. He comes to a convenience store. He stops. He leashes his big Doberman dog to a bench rail, and he goes inside the store. It's a busy street, a lot of cars going by, a lot of noise. As a result of that, that caused that dog to boat and pulling that bench with him. The dog runs toward the traffic and he stops all of, all of a sudden and hurls and flings that bench out into the traffic and hits an SUV and then hits. A Volkswagen, little damage there. But there's lots of damage. And by the way, there are those of us here this morning we're leashed to, tied to, anchored to a bench of forgiveness. And we're dragging that bench in our lives that's causing collateral damage all around us. Why? All because of not being forgiving of others. We just drag along and it hurts a lot of others. Somebody said, what happened to that dog? (laughs) Did a car hit him? Get hit? The dog's owner came out of the store. He saw his dog's situation and he ran toward the dog yelling. When the dog saw his master, he calmed and chilled down. The owner grabbed the leash, untied it from the bench, and took the dog to safety, free from the bench and the traffic. And my question this morning is, who's leashed to a bench of unforgiveness? that's causing you pain, hurt, and bitterness. Our master, our owner, is calling us to be free. And the answer is, if we would forgive, remembering how much he's forgiven us. The basis, the reason we can forgive anybody of anything is because of what Christ has forgiven us. If He's forgiven us of all of our dirty, rotten sin. Let me say something to you. We ought to be able to forgive anybody too. Amen. Ephesians 4:32. And be you kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. There's the basis once again. Some of you know the late Corey Ten Bloom, uh, boom, Corrie Ten boom. She was in death camps being Jewish, treated meanly, unkindly, by the guards, the officers. Later on in life, she came out with her book and became very famous. She would do the, you know, the churches and book signings. She was at this one church, and the pastor said, listen, I know a lot of you like to meet Corey, and so what I want you to do, I want you to come by and shake her hand. And as she's standing in line, people are shaking her hand, there's a little pause, she happened to look over, and she noticed an older gentleman coming was one of those German prison guards. There was a rage that came up inside of her momentarily when she saw him. She said, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? And, you know, it, it, it frustrated her. Finally, he came to her and stuck his hand out. And she said, because of what Christ has done for me, I can do this. She reached out, and she took his hand and shook it. Glad to have you. Isn't that amazing? That's what God can do, regardless of how we have been, Offended. Now, I want you to do something for me. I want you to take your hand and make a fist. Now, don't open it yet. In that fist is that person or persons who have hurt you, who have offended you, who have wounded you. Right now, you're holding them in anger. Resentment. Bitterness. Revengeful thinking. I want him to get it. <laughs> right? But again, not minimizing the hurt and pain you've gone through. Not asking you to forget that. But God's saying, let's end this. Forgive. Amen? So now open your hand from your heart and say, debt canceled. I release them. God, please free me. Amen? If I would do that in my heart and mean that and forgive that, you'll have a clear conscience. You'll sense a better feeling in your heart knowing you've done what God's won you to do and you've done it because of all that God in Christ has forgiven you. The writer says, we know we've passed from death into life because we love the brethren. Huh? Love. And love covers a multitude of sins. Something's wrong with my loving when I don't have the ability to say forgiven. I just want to help you this morning. It's an awful thing, and I've met a lot of people that are embittered, that are just mad, that are just anger at life, at people, of everything. When you could actually step back and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I forgive everything that anybody's done to me. God, clean the sleep. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sin, just like that king did, that first man. Father, we love you. Thank you for the time when we bowed our head and our heart and you so graciously, lovingly, freely forgave us of all our wicked, vile sins. We were sinners on our way to hell, but you forgave us. Likewise, may I have that spirit in my mind, in my heart, as I go about my everyday life. We know people will rub us wrong at times, but God give us that kind spirit and forgiving spirit. And God, if there are people here this morning, including myself, if somebody's name comes to my mind, God, may I just say, forgiven for the name of Christ and the cause of Christ. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.